0: Welcome to Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 337 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the cookie creatrix behind Kick Ass Switch, putting the K in magic. And Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadipoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio. Let me say today, right up front, Happy Moon Day! Happy Moon Day! This is the very first episode of Moon Day Magic. And I don't know how much it's going to have to do with magic because I just want to talk about what I'm loving now. And I want to give you a humongous discount on on, uh, the Autumn Transition module of the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year. So that's what this is today. This is not like one of my usual Tuesday episodes of the podcast there's not going to be a tuesday episode of the podcast this is it for this week unless you're with me on patreon this is this is what i'm doing this week we're just mixing it up a little bit because next tuesday if all goes according to plan Benabelle Wynn is gonna be on the show again because i'm gonna be doing A tarot theme, kind of. The podcast here is going to be a tarot theme because I have some interviews lined up with people you know. If you're a tarot person, you definitely know these people. They are, I would say they are iconic in the tarot community. And I'm personally starting to suspect that Benabelle is an alien. From another planet. I don't understand how this woman does all of the things that she does. I've never seen somebody with this level of productivity before, ever. (laughs) And I'm watching her hand illustrate this tarot deck very, very quickly and quite spectacularly, like sharing it on Twitter. In batches. I, I was watching her do that. I'm like, where what planet are you from? Like, you're writing all these books. Her her newsletters are like epically long and her blog posts and I don't know how she does it all, but somehow she does. So maybe I can interrogate her about that for next <laughs> next week. Um, but I saw her on Twitter doing this, and I was like, please come on my podcast and talk about this tarot deck that. I think when I first saw her making it, it was something she's just doing for herself, like the spiritual journey that she's going on and sharing. And I, I've been seeing people really bugging her, like, you should release this as a as a product. And I don't know if she's changed her mind about that or if this is actually going to be a tarot deck that people can buy, but I'll ask her about that as well. So really, I just haven't done a Saturn's Day evening post here for a long time. And lots of fun stuff has happened in my life, and I kind of miss just hopping on here and being silly for a little bit of, whatever, friend talk, I guess. So this is just a silly friend talk. Don't expect any wisdom to emerge here. I just want to talk about what I am loving now. So that'll be what? Books? <laughs> Always? <laughs> Netflix? Food? Twitter? Whatever. Also, the magic of nature, too. I have to say, I was watching... Do you guys watch America's Funniest Videos? I feel like it's been on since the dinosaur age. And it's not something I would go out of my way to watch, except my kid loves it and expects it every single Sunday. It is a weekly ritual, and... I always laugh like every time we watch it. It's never something I'm like, I'm in the mood to watch America's Funniest Videos. But my kid loves it, so I watch them with him, and I never regret it. I always laugh, and I feel like it's the most democratic show ever because it's for everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter where you come from. You're probably going to laugh, and it's just very silly, innocent, fun People running into walls. <laughs> actually some of the some of the clips of people hurting themselves, it makes my stomach flip flop. Like when you go down uh the descent on a roller coaster and you kinda lose your stomach. That actually happens to me. I have a weak stomach. I can't take any sight the sight of blood, like, whoa, it makes me feel <laughs> very weird. Uh and People hurting themselves. I always get that like flip-flop in my stomach when it looks really bad. And sometimes it looks really bad on America's Funniest Videos, I have to say. But mostly it is, it's cute cats and dogs and babies, little kids, old people dancing, stuff like that. It's for everybody. My Both of my parents watch it. And so we can, like, tell them what we saw and have that whole conversation, and then my kids. So it's, like, multi-generational, totally innocent fun. And it's been in reruns, which is slightly annoying because, again, it's not, like, the show that I go running to to see something new, but I'm sort of bound and committed to watch it every Sunday because of my kid. (laughs) But it still makes me laugh, even the ones I haven't seen. And last night we watched a rerun that had this girl that I totally forgot. I love It's such a cute little moment. She, whoever she's with her mom, her dad, somebody is filming her standing in the window with a huge rainbow behind her. And it looks like the end of the rainbow is landing on a house or a barn or something. And <laughs> she's calling. She says, Nini. I feel like Nini is her grandma. She's very sincere and very excited because apparently that's her her Nini's house that the rainbow has landed on. <laughs> and she's like, "Um, Nini, there's a rainbow hitting your house. It's on your house and it's um it's pink and red and yellow and green and purple and um I think you might have the treasure." I think you have the treasure so when you get home can you look and see if you have the treasure and call me back okay thanks <laughs> It's so adorable the magic of kids the wonder of kids And uh, speaking of moon day I still have I still have uh, last week's full moon on the brain cuz I had my <laughs> Nini NeNe- moment (laughs) a few days ago on the full moon I I had that wonder this is the fun thing about magic this is the fun thing about following the phases of the moon and getting really in tune with nature I like to nerd out on all of that stuff from like a psycho-spiritual perspective but I think the real juice is in it brings you back to the wonder of your childhood so what night was it Friday So the full moon, it was kind of the actual eclipse and full moon moment. It happened like around noon here where I live. So we ended up watching the full moon on either side of that, both Thursday and Friday night. But on Friday, we went on one of our infamous, we call it moon hunting. We went on one of our moon hunting drives and... We check the computer to see what time the moon rises, and we try to time it perfectly so that when we leave our house, we're going over this bridge that we live in Glendale. Our neighbor is Silver Lake, and there is a bridge between us, so it's right where Atwater Village ends, where all the shops are. There's this bridge with really cute, old-fashioned, old Hollywood Street lamps, it's adorable. But when you get on the bridge, if you look east, there's a clear view all the way to the mountains in the distance, and then you can watch the full moon rising on the horizon. And Tanner, my son, his, he has five favorite colors, and it's all because of the moon. <laughs> and he will insist. He has these five favorite colors. The orange is his number one favorite, favorite, favorite color. But the moon does this thing on, on certain, certain months where it goes from red to orange to yellow. And uh, white is his favorite, one of his favorites, and then black for the dark moon. And uh, if you get out early, right when the moon is coming up over the horizon, you'll see it at its largest and its most colorful. So this time, I was trying to explain to them the eclipse is not happening here, or it is, we're not going to see it because it's going to be daytime, and I knew people were calling it the blood moon, but uh, I didn't think that it—I thought people, it was the blood moon because of the eclipse, that that's what it would look like when you were looking at the eclipse— I did not expect it to look like anything out of the ordinary here in Los Angeles. So when we got to the bridge on our moon hunting journey, I looked over and I was instantly like two years old. I was like, oh my God. I was so excited. I might have overreacted and called my mommy. I was very excited. The moon, it was so pretty. It was dark glowing orange with burgundy shadows like where the where you can see the craters that part was burgundy so it was like this orangey red amazing ball it looked like mars rising on the horizon and mars fyi is Tanner's favorite planet so he's going nuts we're both going crazy we always yell and scream when we go over the bridge when we see the moon like hi moon yay this one was particularly exciting And the reason we go to Silver Lake is because we drive around the lake. So we we get to have our moment on the bridge and then we drive around the lake under the full moon and you have to get in fast again to see it when it's red because it pretty quickly starts going to orange to yellow and then to white. So much so that by the time we're done with our trip around the lake, and keep in mind, this is a small lake. It's a reservoir in Los Angeles, when we're done, it's pretty much white, and the moment is over, but it's just a beautiful drive. This night, the moon came up, and it was still twilight. So the sky, it was like dark periwinkle, but it glowed with, with sunlight still remaining, like after the sun sets, you know how the sky will still glow with twilight? It's such a beautiful color and and so then we're seeing like this giant glowing orange orb coming up through this twilight sky which is insane and then when we're going around the lake again because it's twilight the lake is not dark yet it's this again glowing everything looked like it was glowing this glowing cobalt color and the lake is surrounded by hills with fancy houses on them and so all the lights were lit on the houses and then they were reflecting in the lake so it's like cobalt lake with yellow and orange lights dancing on the water and the periwinkle sky with the moon changing color. It was completely psychedelic. It was insane. I feel like I'm still drunk on that moon. It was just one of the prettiest things I have ever seen. Did you see it? Did you see the eclipse? I would like to know. What did you see? My friend Marla, who lives here, kind of across town over by Van Nuys, she's like, it was just white when I saw it. But again, you have to get in on it early to see the pretty colors. So, another thing that I'm excited about that has to do with light and colors is the autumn transition is upon us, people. Yay! Fall is my favorite time of year. We get just like a little blink of it, unless you want to consider our winter like one long fall. You might. Los Angeles doesn't get, here's the irony you know, Hollywood, we're Hollywood, right? And we don't, we put out all of these charming family movies where seasons are, you know, we have the four seasons divided up and the changing fall leaves and the snow and all of that. We don't get any of that here. (laughs) So it's ironic that Hollywood pumps out these movies that feature this sort of like hoogalicious four season thing that to me just seems like legendary it's like where are these four seasons because i'm not seeing them (laughs) and so i always get really excited this time of year because fall to me is the most magical time of year it's it's my birthday it's my kids birthday it's pumpkin spice everything, it's sweaters, it's boots, it's huga, it's soup. It's all the good stuff that I love. And then, of course, we get Halloween, and we get all the awesome food from Thanksgiving. It's just a fabulous time. And summer, I'm trying not to be negative about summer, but if you've listened to me for years, you know I have a long tradition of hating summer. Hating it. And that really comes from it... Being it makes me feel very heavy and lethargic and unproductive and unmotivated, and that reminds me of way back in the day when I was depressed, when my body felt like there was lead in my veins. I felt very heavy and lethargic, and so I think it just reminds me of that. And that's just an icky feeling. I don't have central air in my house, we have like two little window units that don't do a whole lot of anything. (laughs) And my car is a 2004 VW, so what air conditioning it does pump out is not that impressive. So it's also just pretty uncomfortable, I have to say. However, from walking the wheel of the year and aging at the same time and really getting in touch with this idea of memento mori and you only have so many summers left in your life, you don't even know how many summers you have left in your life because accidents happen and shit happens. So you want to be really present to every season and really enjoy it. That's one of the main things I've gotten from walking the wheel of the year intentionally. So now I try to look for the things that I love about summer. And for me, it always comes down to like little tiny details. (laughs) So when autumn transition happens, it's like, yay, I know we're at the halfway point. We're almost to fall. It's going to be another six and a half weeks or so until the autumn equinox, which will still be very hot here, let's face it. (laughs) But it's the idea of it. Uh, So that always makes me, I'll be like, watermelon, we need to get the watermelon while it's still a good price and delicious and, and in season, like I start focusing on things like that, because these transitional points on the wheel of the year have become really valuable to me, I see them as it's like, heads up, the season's about to end, so really you know, ground down into what makes that season special and get all the juice out of it, all the all the things that make it fantastic. But then also it's a time of preparation. So like fall is coming. How do you prepare for fall? And so this was supposed to be about light, right? (laughs) Well, I have been noticing that autumn transition is on its way because the light has started started to turn this golden color And it's getting dark earlier and later. I get up very early. I get up at 5.30ish in the morning. And uh, it's really exciting to me to be like, oh my gosh, it's darkish. It's darkish. Oh, it's still (laughs) darkish. Yay. I love getting up at that time. And um, I'm very excited to to see on the summer solstice we start entering into sort of the de- the death half of the year <laughs> the light starts slowly slowly dying until winter until winter solstice and um but i don't usually start to see the the fruits of that until this time of year where i'm like yes it's changing i see it and there's also just a lot of death like the leaves start falling here on some of our trees and all the grass dies. We shouldn't even be having grass, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) I don't, our poor grass, I focus on our trees and our plants because there's no keeping the grass alive. It's not good for the environment to have these weird lawns that aren't supposed to be there anyway. People spend so much money and use so many chemicals trying to have these lawns for what? I don't even know. So I just let the lawn die and I just make sure the trees and the plants are thriving and doing really well, and that's where we get our green. Having said all of that big old crazy ramble, I totally blew off promoting the autumn transition module of the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year, and Luna Sod, it's like now, it's happening now. We're like, a day away from Autumn Eve and all of that. So I'm like, what can I do? What can I do to just let people know it's there and also give them the raddest discount I've ever given out, ever, ever, ever. So it's a $50 module, and I usually, if I'm going to give a discount, I will give 20 bucks off, and I'm like, I'm going to make it 30 bucks off this time. <laughs> so... Essentially, just because I forgot, I forgot. So, if you want that, when you there will be a link here, and uh, the discount code is Autumn Dreams. Autumn Dreams, all lowercase, no spaces. And I'll just tell you really quick what you get. You get an illustrated PDF with a very cute little illustrated lady that I still love. I haven't seen her in a year, so I'm looking at her right now, and she's very groovy. She looks like a couple of people I know. But that was unintentional. That was like some subconscious voodoo going on in my brain when I was drawing this. Uh, So in the illustrated PDF, you get like these sections. Some of them have journal prompts. And they're called biofeedback in the material world. Kicking up dust. The people who show you who you are. And my personal favorite, unkinking your flow. And then there's always a crafty witch project that that is a video, and that one is called An Altar to What Is. And then there's also, always with each module, a potion craft, which is a recipe, and this one comes with two. So witchy green lemonade and a magical watermelon cooler. So that's that. There will be a link to that if you care, and... $30 Thirty dollars off is like humongous discount, right? I think so. <laughs> uh, so, Autumn Dreams is the is the code for that. If you want to get the discount, and FYI, it will come up automatically, like right when you put it in, it'll change the price. If it doesn't do that, you put the code in wrong. Like maybe you're I don't know what that would be, but check your spelling. There should be no caps and no spaces. So that's just a big old commercial for, for what I do. But I also wanted to do commercials for my friends. <laughs> this is not a sponsored post. Nobody is paying me to do, to do this or anything. But I wanted to tell you about a couple of people um, that, that I appreciate before I get to tell you about books and TV shows and stuff. But um, one of them... Where is this? Where did I put all her info? Okay, so one of them I'm I'm a special needs mom. So I we, we need a we need a good title. I I see online people saying autism moms, autism dads, autism parents. I I don't I don't know what what to what to call us. But uh there's a woman that I met recently online. She has a daughter who's 4 years old who has autism and she the mom used to teach she was a teacher at a waldorf school and she quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom and to care for her daughter which i think is a beautiful thing but then she also has this business called felted awesome felted awesome that uh i'm gonna tell you about and give her a plug because i think some of the things that she's selling, some of you would really, really like, especially those of you that are Wiccans or people who keep altars to the seasons or who work with goddesses. She makes. Do you remember the the felted mala beads that I did the giveaway with here? Uh, moon felt malas, those felted mala beads. I thought that was so cool and different. Well, she does these, she calls them dolls, but to me they look like statues, like goddess statues out of felted wool. And I'm like, that's so cool and different. I haven't seen that before. And there's the Morrigan, Oshun, Caradwin. She has one that's Gaia, like as a pregnant mama. And I just think... That's just so different and unique and something special to get for your altar. So I'm like, I'm totally going to give her a shout out. Felted Awesome on Etsy. And I'm going to link to her, too, because I want to. And she also makes these things. And I think this is from being a special needs mom. They're like, it's fidgeting felt for people with sensory issues or as an alternative to a worry stone so I thought that was really cool too and so I told her like I'm giving you a shout out on my podcast do you have some like tip for parents with special needs and um, I kind of put her on the spot with that (laughs) but if I'm gonna mention that here I hear from a lot of you a lot of you actually came to be regular listeners because you have kids with special needs and and we have that bond. So this is for you guys. Um, She said, a tip for other parents with special needs is hard. I guess I would say to try and give yourself the love, patience, and understanding that you give your child. And she said, this is definitely something that I've been working on. And yeah, I mean, self-care is so important for everybody and especially important for parents and especially, especially important for parents with special needs kids. And again, that's why I wanted to give her a shout out. Her name is Yael, Yael, which is really pretty and different. And I think I'm saying her last name right, Gamon, Yael, Gamon. I don't know. What you need to know is felt it awesome on Etsy (laughs) if you care about that. And there's no discount code or anything. This is not a promotion. I just I just wanted to give her a shout-out. We got to support each other. And then the other thing is a company you've probably already heard of, but I have a personal connection to it, and I'm very, very grateful for something that I just experienced with Navita's Naturals, which I think is, if it's not the first superfood company that went really like, big, pretty fast, they're one of them. They do, like, ink and superfood powders and and stuff, and what am I, this is a bad, bad recommendation. They do stuff. They do stuff. But uh, a friend of mine, Mark, hello, Mark, if you're listening, I've been friends with him since my 20s, full disclosure, he was a boyfriend of mine in my 20s, but he's, And this is 20 years ago. (laughs) He is just one of the nicest guys ever. Super personal, super friendly. And so we've just stayed in touch off and on over the years and stayed friendly. And he has a very entrepreneurial spirit, but he usually applies that to someone else's business. So he finds a business to get excited about. He gets very passionate about it like it's a cause because they're usually... There's a, usually an environmental component to it or a health component to it. And he's been working with Navita's Naturals for many years now. And uh, every once in a while, I get to try, like, new stuff they have coming up. But I have my favorites, my things that I can't live without that I spend my own money on. And I make my own chocolate. <laughs> That's one of the things I do. But I also, I can't live without the golden berries, Or they're coffee cacao power snacks, which they don't look like a whole lot. They're like these squares. I don't know how to explain them. Kind of like these chewy squares, but then they have little pieces of cacao nibs in them. So you get like a little bit of crunch every once in a while. I think they're so crazy addicting. And I love the golden berries are special because... I'm always trying to push my hippie ways on my family in terms of food and supplements and health stuff, and which they don't appreciate, <laughs> but I do it anyway. Uh, I'm a food bully, and their and their reaction is it ranges from making fun of me for being a hippie food bully to like begrudgingly saying, "Yeah, okay, this isn't so bad. It's okay. It's all right." But I brought goldenberries once to Bakersfield with me and gave some to my dad, and he loved them. Like, he was excited about them, and I was excited that he was excited about one of my hippie foods. So I literally bought him a few packages of these Navita's Naturals goldenberries for his birthday. It wasn't the only thing I got him, but that was, like, part of his birthday present (laughs) <laughs> when they like the hippie foods, you you gotta go with it. You gotta go with the flow of it. So uh, I noticed when I went into Whole Foods, they didn't have the Golden Berries or the Power Snacks for a couple of trips to Whole Foods. And Whole Foods people call it Whole Paycheck for a reason. It's so expensive. So I only go in for a couple of specific things. I I can only get there. Uh. Well, close to my house. There's other places I can get it. But they're the closest I can get certain things. And I try my best not to look at other stuff. I try my best to get in and get out. (laughs) Because you can have a $200 bill racked up really quickly and you leave with, like, not even an entirely full bag of groceries. You're like, what just happened to me? What just happened? I feel like I got into a a, a grocery trance. (laughs) So I went to get the golden berries and the power snacks for a few times and they didn't have them. So I ended up blowing up Mark's phone and being like, where are the golden berries? Where are the power snacks? What is going on? Because he's the guy you might like run into him at the grocery store with him standing at one of the displays or something telling you about how fabulous their new superfood power is. And he works events because, like I said, he's super friendly. He's the perfect guy to do stuff like that. But then he also goes into the stores just to make sure everything's displayed properly and stuff. So I figured he would know. And he wrote back, they canceled them (laughs) to which I greatly overreacted. I thought he was saying Navita's naturals canceled golden berries and power snacks and they weren't making them anymore. So I like went full Caps, all caps, like, what the hell? How is this happening? They can't do it. No I was so upset. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll just send you some. And I thought he was sending me like the super stash in the warehouse, you know, that they were discontinuing these items and weren't gonna make them anymore. So I thought that was like an amazing offer. And then he's like, what else do you like from Navita's naturals? I'll send you some of that stuff too. And I didn't want to be greedy, and I felt kind of shy about it, but I went for it. (laughs) I was like, well, I also buy the cacao powder and the cacao nibs to make my own chocolate. And I use, I love, one of my favorite things to eat for breakfast, I like really sour green apples, and... And then I chopped them up, and I dipped them in chunky almond butter sprinkled with cacao nibs. It makes me so friggin' happy. So I used the cacao nibs and the powder to make my own chocolate. And so I told him, and he sent me all that stuff in a box. I was so excited. I got the golden berries. I got the coffee. you got to get the coffee flavor. Coffee, cacao, power snacks. And then he also gave me the powder and the nibs. And I'll tell you in a second how I make the chocolate because it's so easy. Anybody can do it. But um, And then I should tell you, too, what the golden berries are because these are a hit with quite a few people that don't usually like my hippie stuff besides my dad. There are other people that I've given these to and they're like, oh, these are really good. If you like super sour, fruity candy, you will love them. They don't look like a whole lot. They're not, like, as juicy as raisins. <laughs> they're... They're a little drier, they but they look like super golden raisin kind of things, like these dried berries, and they're really addicting and really good and really good for you. And so uh, he sent me those, the Power Snacks and the cacao, and I was super happy and went to thank him, and then I felt like a total dork because I misunderstood. Apparently it was Whole Foods that was not going to be carrying those items anymore. <laughs> And Navita's Naturals is going to keep making them. So I overreacted, but it actually paid off because I got a box of free stuff. So thank you, Mark. And I, I saw online that Walmart is carrying these power snacks. And then at Target, I've been seeing them more and more carrying Navita's Naturals. So maybe now Whole, Th- Whole Foods thinks they're, they're too good for this stuff. I don't understand that Whole Foods. Nobody's too good for Navita's Naturals, okay? Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but it's also interesting that, like, the wellness industry is spreading. I could do five episodes just on the wellness industry because that's – it's a hobby of mine. <laughs> um, anyway, so Navita's Naturals rocks. Definitely check out the Golden Berries. Definitely check out the bar Snacks. And here's how you make your own chocolate, which is the easiest thing in the world. This is what I do. I'm not going to give you exact measurements. It's a little bit different every single time. I just kind of eyeball it. But if I'm really low, I eat a lot of almond butter. <laughs> if I run out of almond butter or I'm running low, I'll use, like, some other fat, like coconut oil or something like that. But typically what I do is I take a big glob more than a tablespoon of of chunky almond butter. And then I mix it with maple syrup. Sometimes I use honey and I stir it up really, really well. Like I make it into this maple syrup, almond butter paste. And then I add salt and I add a lot because I like it salty. And then I put in the cacao powder and I stir 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 you can watch there's something kind of satisfying about it because as you're stirring it you're watching it turn into chocolate and there's something about that that I just really really love and then at the end I sprinkle cacao nibs on it and I always have a cup of tea and I have this little bowl of chocolate and I sit in front of the tv to watch whatever show I'm gonna watch and then I go into a chocolate coma. <laughs> I just sit there like licking the chocolate off the spoon and it is the best thing ever. So <laughs> there's your tip for how to make your own chocolate. It's super easy and I can never finish it all. So I end up giving the rest to my kid and that is the way that goes. Um, I, you know what I wanted to tell you about too? I'm going to circle back to autumn transition stuff is my yard. My yard, my yard. I We got our first fig today. I picked the first fig off our fig tree, which is a big deal every year, the fig tree. We get so much figs, so many. We get the figs, and they're delicious. I don't even know if I had ever had a fig before we lived on this property and what's shameful is the first couple of years we lived here, we didn't even eat them. Our neighbors would come and pick the figs or the squirrels would eat them. It was such a waste because figs are amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. And my favorite thing to do with those, speaking of recipes, is I, you cut them in quarters. You cut off the little top that has that weird white whatever bug repellent stuff that comes out the top. You cut You cut that off. You cut them into quarters, and then you lay the quarters on a baking sheet, and then you sprinkle them with salt. And I like to use freshly chopped rosemary. I usually have rosemary in my garden, so you chop it, like, super, super fine, and then you sprinkle the figs with rosemary and salt, and then you bake them in the oven for, like, 20 minutes at 400 degrees, and then you drizzle them with olive oil, and it is a flavor explosion of fabulous oil. on your tongue it is so good that is an addictive thing that I certain I've never made that for someone and they didn't absolutely love it it's a very sophisticated flavor I feel like I got it out of Practical Paleo the the first Practical Paleo cookbook I think is where I learned that trick and I've done it every year for quite a few years it's just fabulous but my first fig I was out there watering the, the yard and I was like oh autumn transition here come the figs and, <laughs> so I just stood there in the yard and ate the season's first fig and I'm gonna tell you I'm just gonna <laughs> I told you this was a friendly thing this is just a ramble there's no point here remember there's no wisdom being offered today okay <laughs> this is just a friend thing it's just for the fun of it um last year I keep god I have four litter boxes now it's so silly I I read somewhere that every cat should have their own litter box and I thought that is the craziest thing ever I have four cats but now I actually have four litter boxes one is inside in the laundry room and the other three are outside in strategic places under tables so like If I'm hosing down the yard or it rains, which it hardly ever does, it doesn't get in the litter box and then one is on the patio. And I have to say, it has greatly reduced the pooping on the neighbor's property or just on our property, which is the worst in the summertime. Like you go to sit down in a lawn chair and relax and you got your snack and your magazines and all of a sudden it's like hot shit. (laughs) Yuck the worst smell it like heats up in the sun and cats they bury their poop so then you have to go on like the poop hunt like where's the poop I smell it I know it's over here I see flies it's awful <laughs> so in previous years I would walk around with this like a paper trash bag and a shovel going around picking poop up off our property and um, it is it is completely not completely I would say 85% Fixed the problem. Very, very impressed with the multiple litter box thing. One of the litter boxes is under this table where I have a little succulent garden, and you see it, right? Like if you're standing on our patio. So last summer, I got a hibiscus bush because my dad told me you just have to get a little tiny hibiscus bush and it'll grow super fast, and then that'll block the view of the litter box. And I was like, awesome. Historically, I am not good at plants. <laughs> I try, <laughs> but I'm not great at it. I'm learning. I'm, I'm practicing and learning because I have this fantasy of being this fabulous garden slash kitchen witch, you know, where I can go into my kitchen and, like, pull out some potion or concoction to cure whatever ails you and something I grew in my own garden. Like, it's such a fantasy that I completely do not live up to, but I keep trying year after <laughs> year after year. Well, I was impressed that I did not kill the hibiscus bush planting it. I did buy a little tiny one, like my dad said, but it did not grow that impressively. It it gave off like one flower at a time, and it was just like a tiny little bush for an entire year. And then this year, right, like around spring, when spring was getting going and, and the bush actually started growing, I was excited about it. I accidentally broke one of its arms with the hose, I was so pissed because it it only had a few arms. And I was like, no! So I went running into the house. I could see that where it broke, it was like the wood, the branch looks woody. But where it broke, it wasn't entirely separated from the plant. It was all held together by these green fibers. And I was like, see, to me, that's life. So I went running into the kitchen and yanked open the junk drawer to see what I could find. And I found this black electrical tape <laughs> and I went running back out there and I, I propped the broken arm up and I, I held it up with junk so it wouldn't fall over. And then I wrapped electrical tape around. <laughs> this is like the worst gardening tip ever, but here's the thing. It worked. I called my dad. He used to have a gardening business um, when I was a kid and he knows a lot about it. So I told him, I was like, do you think that'll work? And he just laughed at me. He thought that was ridiculous. And a couple weeks later, the the arm, the branch, had not died, and it was still producing leaves. So I called him back again. I was like, Dad, I feel like this might have worked. I don't know. It's It's not dead yet. And he's like, I don't know. I've never heard of such a thing. Maybe it did. And now it's been months, and the bush is growing, and then today there were two big, beautiful, orangey-yellow flowers, and one of the flowers was on the broken arm branch. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? And then another, the last plant thing, I will say, I think, who knows? <laughs> uh, in June, this is old, but I've been meaning to tell you guys this, because I think it's cool. Um, I, Tanner and I, we went to the grocery store one day. We went to Vons, and you know how sometimes out, outside grocery stores, they'll just have a bunch of plants? They had this one plant that was so cool-looking. Speaking of psychedelic color, it was uh, very big leaves, and each leaf was electric lime green down the center with like a velvet-burgundy border, and it felt like velvet when you touched it, and it looked like velvet, and the contrast between the lime green and the burgundy was so cool. I was like, I have to have this. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. And it wasn't labeled. So we bought it. When we were leaving the grocery store, there was a lady that, wa- that saw us with our cart. And she was freaking out like, oh, my God, that's such a cool plant. What is it? And I was like, I have no idea, but I love it. So I took a picture of it and I posted it on Twitter. And I said, name that plant. The kid and I fell in love with this huge pretty sitting outside the grocery store last week and brought her home. That burgundy-lime combo is crazy stunning in in person, and the burgundy is velvety soft. Super cool, but also, we have no idea who she is. Any ideas? And a whole bunch of people wrote what it is, I can't, I don't know if I'm saying this right, I should have googled it, because sometimes you can google like word pronunciations, and you'll get that weird robot voice, (laughs) that's like coleus, coleus, I'm gonna call it coleus, okay, and that's probably wrong, it's c-o-l-e-u-s, coleus, and uh, Beth Johnson said, it's coleus, and it comes in many different colors. It's pretty common, so you should be able to find it at just about any greenhouse or nursery. I'm editing myself out of this conversation. She wasn't being, like, just, she wasn't just, like, ranting at me. I'm going to read you some of the things she said, but these are in response to me talking back and forth with her. She said, some of the varieties are really frilly. If you choose to grow them on your own, periodically pinch off the tips the way you would with mint that way the plant will be nice and bushy and then she said I have a degree in horticulture so it's my absolute passion and pleasure uh there's a point in me reading this to you too it's another cool gardening gardening tip so that's her tip to like pinch off the tips to keep it really bushy and full uh dragonfly spirit though offered this tip she said it's very easy to start new plants you can root in water then plant just like magic and she said coleus was my first plant it's very easy for beginners and i have to say you are so right dragonfly Spirit, because i took your advice we had another accident arm breaking accident with that plant and i was like okay i'm gonna try her trick so I brought the broken piece into the kitchen, I cut off the end, I put it in a cup of water, and sure enough, kind of like those potatoes where you grow roots, when you put the potato in in a little bit of water, it grew roots, and I planted it, so then I had two, and it was vibrant and and bushy and growing, and so I did one on purpose, I just trimmed a piece off and now we have three and I'm feeling very confident about my future garden witch status because I have I have uh healed what's the word I have uh mended a hibiscus arm using black electrical tape and it actually worked and now I have figured out how to grow plants from trimmings and I feel very cool about it so thank you guys for the tips um There were a lot of other, like, fun little comments. She says, uh, or Amy says, I heart coleus, but I've heard so many people call them grandma plants since apparently everyone's grandma had one variety or other when they were little. Well then, grandma knew what was what, kids? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I have grandma taste. I have a thing for grandma fabrics. Like, I love crazy grandma print pants. like handbags and stuff so maybe that's why I gravitated toward this plant I don't know and then Lee Spitzer this is just funny he said I shall name this plant Michael um okay so that's enough of that other people commented and I'm gonna gonna leave that thread there because that was back in June and we're headed into August now (laughs) but I just thought I'd give you some garden witching garden witching tips for free for the fun of it the other thing is a tip I got from you guys back when I was talking about how I love to take a bath and watch TV on my iPad. I lo- or my um I have a a MacBook Air, so I drag my laptop into the bathroom and I have these epic bath sessions. <laughs> um it's like the ultimate in self-care. I just love sitting there usually for about an hour until I'm fully pruned out. And I don't really binge watch TV, I guess, in the in the traditional sense of the word. Can you call binge watching traditional? No, it's not. It's a fairly new thing, Joanna. That makes no sense. But <laughs> in in the Usual sense of the meaning of binge-watching, I don't do that. I I don't have time to do that. I don't watch episodes typically back-to-back-to-back. But once I find a show I like and I love, I'm like waiting for the next opportunity to watch the next episode. And I can get through it in about, I don't know, depending on how long the season is, a month or so of these baths. And I was asking you, like, what should I watch next? And overwhelmingly, the majority of people said Stranger Things, that I would love Stranger Things. And I finally watched it. I finally watched it this summer. And I have to say, you, my friends, are correct. I absolutely loved it. And did you know they make Stranger Things Funko Pop? which I think is very cool. (laughs) So I loved it. It's super 80s. I am a child of the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. So that's what really grabbed me first is the 80s nostalgia. It's so much fun. Um, But also you very quickly fall in love with the characters. I I don't want to give spoilers away for those of you who haven't watched Stranger Things yet. I hope you will. It's so cute. It's such a good show. It's... People compare it sometimes to Goonies. It's completely its own thing, but the element that it does have in common with Goonies is that small town. Everybody's kind of connected to everybody, and then there's this gang of kids jumping through hoops to fight the forces of evil, evil, kind of. Um, But they had this one episode, almost to the very end, I feel like it was the second to the last episode, where every, the whole show is perfect to me except for this one episode. It makes no sense. You what makes the show so charming besides the 80s nostalgia is that small town dynamic where everybody's connected. And then just randomly for one episode they decide to take one of the main characters and she goes off into the big city and she meets strangers in a van and starts going off and doing <laughs> these things with these strangers in a van. And it's like, wait a minute, what happened to the small town? Where's the small town dynamic? Where's all these characters we love? Why are we in, I think, Chicago <laughs> in a van with with these hoods? Like, what's happening? It was so weird that I Googled it, like the episode, because I wanted to see, or excuse me, I went to Twitter. I wanted to see what other people were saying And I had missed the bus when, you know, people tend to watch these things kind of as a group and then they, in a short period of time, people, you know, when Stranger Things came out, everybody was kind of watching it together and commenting on Twitter. When you go way after the fact to see, Twitter will prioritize the most popular tweets on a subject. And so I got to see that I was not the only one who thought this was weird. It, there seemed to be like a unanimous consensus that that episode was so very wrong for all the reasons that I just said. <laughs> the good news is, don't let this detour you. The good news is they went they must have known because the very next episode, they went right back to the way things should be. Um, and I have to say too, whether you've ever watched one episode of Stranger Things or not, it's totally worth going and googling Stranger Things. Um, the new trailer for Stranger Things and watching it if you are a child of the 80s because it's just this super totally 80s commercial for the mall in this town. I think the town is fictitious, but it's the mall that we all grew up with, all the same stores, and it's so weird. It's like a blast from the past. The one that sticks out in my mind is Orange Julius. Do you remember Orange Julius? (laughs) And then of course like the bad jeans and the hair and everything and it's just funny to watch even if you've never seen an episode of Stranger Things you will definitely be able to appreciate it if you were a child of the 80s a funny thing that I do now that I have become a Stephen King fan I don't know if you heard me talk about that but um I had read Stephen King's book on writing and a few times and and gone back through it, you know, just like to check up on little notes I had made and stuff. But when I had read the book in the past, it was just as a writer looking for stephen king's tips on how to be a kick ass writer, but really, the book on writing it's a memoir about his life, like growing up and his mother dying and and finding his wife and and having kids and this accident he got into, it's, it's a beautiful memoir, but all of that was kind of lost on me <clears throat> when I read it before, because I was just like, give me the good writing tips, Stephen. That's all I want, because I wasn't a Stephen King fan. I had never read any of his work, because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm afraid. I don't like horror, or I didn't think I did, uh, I'm starting to change my mind about that. But horror, I don't want to be scared. Stephen and the Shining, which I've watched multiple times, I can't explain it, is my number one all-time scariest, scariest movie ever, ever, ever. And I've seen quite a few Stephen King movies, obviously, because they're iconic and I'm a movie lover. Um, but I hadn't read his books except for this, this memoir. Well, for some reason, I ended up getting it on Audible and listening to it on audiobook, and I fell madly in love with Stephen King. I loved it so much, I listened to it twice, back to back, because I wasn't ready for it to be over. You just get the sense. You just, for some reason, hearing it in his voice talk about his life, I, I got the memoir aspect of it. And I and I got the sense of who he is as a person. And who he is is just a very passionate fan. He loves, love loves love stories. He loves writers. He loves movies. And I think that's what makes him such a great writer. But that's also what made me fall in love with him. I love people who love life and love what they do. And so I fell in love with Stephen King. And... Uh, I ended up this is so weird. <laughs> I turned into a stalker. This happens to me when I get really excited about someone. I like have to, to Google them and, and find all the things. So I listened to his ebook twice or his audio book twice. And then I wasn't done hanging out with Steven. I wanted more Steven when I was like chopping my vegetables and, and dusting my living room. So I basically went and listened to every single interview he's ever done that is up on YouTube just so I could hang out with him more and really get a sense of who this person is, which is he's an awesome person. And I was like, and I now I need to read some of his fiction. So because The Shining is my number one all time scariest movie ever, 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 I'm like, I'm going to start with The Shining, which is amazing. I loved The Shining so much. He's He's an amazing writer. And and so now, right now, I'm in the middle of reading Salem's Lot, and I'm loving that, too. Salem's Lot. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You can read it yourself. He's awesome. But something that I did that's very weird and stalkerish is when I was done watching Stranger Things, I was like, I want to see what Stephen King has to say about it. Because I knew from listening to his interviews that, I know he's a J.K. Rowling fan, which I totally appreciate. He gave her many shout-outs in the different uh, interviews that he's done. He's just so generous that way, and I'm like, I wonder if he likes Stranger Things. So I went to Twitter. Another thing that makes him awesome is he understands that Twitter is the very best social media platform ever, 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 because it is, and writers tend to gravitate toward uh, Twitter. J.K. Rowling is on there. Joanne Harris is on there, one of my very favorites. And um, so I Googled, or excuse me, I went to Twitter to their little search bar across the top. I put at Stephen King, and then I put the hashtag for Stranger Things, and guess what? It got the Stephen King thumbs up. He said, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you do it. No bullshit, balls to the wall, entertainment, straight up. So there's that. And then... Are you still on this journey with me? Because I'm going to talk about another, two more TV shows. How about that? <laughs> I'm loving Netflix right now. It's so great because there's no commercials and you can binge if you want to, like, binge watch something. And they're programming. They're really giving HBO a run for its money. They have some awesome programming, some really good original stuff. I started watching Ozark, which I just finished this weekend and I did the same thing. I'm like, I wonder if Stephen King like Ozark. So I went to Twitter search bar, I put in at Stephen King and then I put in the hashtag for Ozark. And sure enough, he said, I'm hooked on Ozark. There's an undercurrent of black humor running through it. That makes it special. That show. I see why he likes, I see why he likes both of those. I guess that's why it occurred to me to go, to go dig that up and see what Stephen King thinks. Ozark, holy crap. I don't know what it is that makes reading a Stephen King novel or watching Ozark the same thing. They, like, stress you out intensely, and I've had to question myself a number of times about, like, why is this fun? Life is stressful enough as it is. Why are you reading this, Joanna? Because you're having a heart attack. (laughs) It's so stressful and intense, but you can't look away. You have to keep watching because you have to find out. And what Stephen King does is... He kind of starts out slow, introducing you to this world. And when I say slow, I don't mean that it's not interesting. It's all interesting. He's a fantastic writer. He he starts out slow introducing you to the characters and introducing you to the world they live in and then he kind of puts them in danger and then he just keeps cranking it up and cranking it up and turning the screw and turning the screw until you're so stressed out and like the last three-fourths of the book, you're dying but you can't stop. <laughs> I'm like, how is this fun? Ozark really hits the ground running with the stress. They, the casting is brilliant. It stars Jason Bateman Bateman, who I think is just, like, a super easygoing guy who seems very kind and pretty harmless and just seems like he's a really good guy. I saw him actually bowling with his family a couple years ago in the Valley. And, you know, when you're bowling, you can sit there for hours next next to somebody and kind of get a sense of who they are with their gang. And he was, like, so nice, super chill, just chilling with his family, total family man, focused on his family, didn't care that people were staring at him. I was like, that's cool. That's cool. And most of the characters he plays was just, like, the good guy, even if it's in a crazy, fucked-up scenario. <laughs> and then his wife is played by Laura Linney. And if you've ever seen Laura Linney smile, she has this, like, super empathetic, empathetic, heart-melting smile and she has those dimples and she looks so much like she cares. So they take these two super duper likable people. They've got two kids. That's the family in the story. And again, without giving any spoilers away, Jason Bateman's character basically makes a deal with the devil. He makes one decision that changes their life forever. And Horrible things, horrible, horrible things keep happening to them over and over and over again. And it just gets worse and worse and worse and they hardly ever catch a break. And if they do catch a break, it's very short-lived before the next horrible thing happens. It's so intense and stressful and I loved it. <laughs> I don't, what is the psychology behind that? Because I'm, I one part of me wants to be like, well, it's fun because it's not your problem. You're watching them like, it's imp- it's that old saying, impressive failure. You're you're watching them fail spectacularly, but it's not your problem. So there's a safety. But I, I will say, I'm still having a physical reaction. My eyes are like twice their normal size, and I'm like, <gasps> I haven't I haven't breathed in 30 seconds, and I'm stressed out. <laughs> but there's something about that that I enjoy. I don't know what that's about. And for those of you who have watched Ozark, I have googled it and the and the the next season is coming out August 31st. So if you haven't seen it seen it yet, you should binge it in August so you can celebrate with the rest of us when season 2 comes out cuz it's so good. The cinematography is really awesome too cuz like I said, they take these kind of it's like the every man and his wife, like these just kind of normal decent people Put them in the worst situation. And then the cinematography is like this very overcast blue and green and gray, like the colors of doom. It looks like doom and it feels like doom. And it's so appropriate because it is just doom, doom, doom. All the worst stuff you can imagine. And somehow they, they miraculously manage to like survive uh, when you're sure they're going to die at any second in, in the most horrible way. Um, (laughs) And I have to say, too, at the end of most of the episodes, it says directed by Jason Bateman, which is one proof that child stars can go on to have nice, successful, respectable careers. And two, I'm very happy for him. That's so cool that 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 he's gotten to to have this project because he deserves it because he's been around forever. I grew up with Jason Bateman. And you did, too. If you watch TV and you were a child of the 80s, he was actually on, this is so funny, uh, Little House on the Prairie, which was me and my mom watched every single episode many more times than once. Little House on the Prairie was the shit in my house when I was a little kid. And Jason Bateman was on that show with some very bad bangs. He had bangs, people. (laughs) But when he came into my awareness as as a person, it was when he was on Silver Spoons. Here we are, face to face, a couple of Silver Spoons. I might be getting the lyrics wrong. I might be. But Silver Spoons was huge when I was in, I want to say, the fifth grade. And everybody was all about Ricky Schroeder, Ricky Schroeder this, Ricky Schroeder that. And then it was Ricky Schroeder, and then it was... uh, Kirk Cameron. And so Jason Bateman just didn't get any love. But now looking back, I'm like, you know what? That's a solid dude. We should have given him more love. (laughs) Because he's hot in his own quiet way. He went on to be on a show called Valerie. And then after Michael J. Fox made Teen Wolf famous and he became so he became too famous for a sequel he was off doing back to the future and all that stuff um so they gave jason bateman teen wolf 2 which i don't think anybody cared about but you could watch that for a laugh if you wanna (laughs) so more this is the the children of the 80s episode i'm starting to realize uh yeah so (laughs) random stuff, I told you this would be random and then the, I would say the antidote to all this stressfulness with Stephen King and Ozark is a show that I found accidentally that I love, I had never seen one tweet or ad or commercial for it, it just popped up randomly one day on Twitter, I think when I was going to watch Ozark and I was like, what is this? And it's called Kim's Convenience Kim's Convenience and it is a super innocent sweet family show about a Korean family who has a convenience store and it reminds me so much of the sitcoms that so many of us grew up with without the annoying laugh tracks (laughs) it's funny it's sweet and what I love about it I like to cook watching Kim's Convenience sitting there chopping my vegetables it makes me smile It makes me laugh quite a bit, too, but mostly I just sit there and I smile for 30 minutes. Who doesn't want to have a smile on their face for 30 minutes? It's just, like, happy, wholesome, good times. I love it. Kim's Convenience. You should check it out if you just want to smile for 30 minutes at a time because it does that. It's very sweet. It grows on you pretty quick. Uh. Gosh, I guess I will end this here, but I have to tell you one more thing. Joanne Harris, who I just said is one of my favorite writers, and she's on Twitter. Oh, where did I put this? Oh, I want to find this for you because women will love this. I think I have to go to my own Twitter account to dig it up. Hold on. This is worth, this is, I could just pause this. Am I going to talk through me trying to get to my own Twitter account on Safari? which is very slow. I am. Hold on. So Joanne Harris wrote, I'll, t- I'll try to talk and search at the same time, which is doesn't work out for me, so forget that, because I found what I'm looking at here. Joanne Harris is the author of Chocolat, if you guys don't know, and she's, I love her presence on Twitter, because she's very supportive of other writers. She does this these threads called like um 10 things and it's tips for writers usually but then also she just gives some good life advice sprinkled in there and then of course she writes magical books so I like it for that too but she did this a little thread about pleasure, selfishness and taking up space and I was like I think I'm going to read this because it's really awesome. I tweeted one of these, I retweeted, but there's a whole thread and most of you aren't even on Twitter, which I don't understand because I feel like every week I'm begging you to join me on Twitter (laughs) because Twitter's the bestest. I love it. Um, And I don't know what YALC is, but I think it's some book festival she was at of some kind. But she said this. In the signing queue at YALC yesterday, four women smilingly referred to themselves as selfish for buying books for themselves. Many more when I asked who the book was for said, oh, it's just for me. None of the men who were there said anything similar. That's because women are generally led to believe that the things they do for themselves alone are selfish, unworthy things. Binge-watching box sets, eating sweets. Caring for their appearance is okay as long as it's for someone else's benefit. But selfies? That's just vanity. This is why so many women use such apologetic language around the things that give them pleasure. Chocolate is sinful. Romantic novels are trashy. Love Island is a guilty pleasure. Advertising plays into this. It encourages us to use negative language as a positive. Naughty but nice. Treat yourself because you're worth it. All of these trade in some way on the idea that women actually need to be told that they're not too worthless to buy shampoo or that they need someone to give them permission to eat something nice. How fucked up is that? So please, please don't buy into it. Don't feed into the narrative. Don't call yourself naughty for eating. Eat. Don't call yourself selfish for sometimes doing things for yourself. Don't call a pleasure guilty because it belongs to you and not to someone else. And if someone rude and in a hurry barges into you on the street, don't say sorry. It's not up to you to apologize for occupying space. You can still be polite without being apologetic. Own your space. Own your pleasures. Own your appetite. They're yours. They always were. They're not a concession generously given to you by the advertising world for being a good little girl. Woo! (laughs) Woo! That's a queen moment. I feel like every woman can relate to that, right? So she's awesome, right? But that's not why I love her. I love her because Chocolat is one of my very favorite Pieces of witchy fiction, which I see other people are starting to come around to, which I'm very excited about because typically I have a few favorites, but usually when people say, What's your favorite witchy fiction? I'll usually say Chocolat, but even more than that, the sequel, The Girl with No Shadow. People get suspicious. Vianne, the lead character in Chocolat, um, Juliette Binoche, and Johnny Depp, the movie that everybody loves. They're like, is Vienna a witch? She seems really witchy. And I'm like, yes. If you read the sequel, The Girl With No Shadow, it's, it's pretty explicit. She's a witch. It's a much more witchy book. And there's three of them, by the way. There's three in the series. And this coming April, there's going to be a fourth in this series called The Strawberry Thief, which I'm very, very excited about because I know I'm on Joanne Harris's newsletter list. And um, so I know that she recorded an audio book for Chocolat that's going to come out around that time because it's coming out this new Strawberry Thief book is coming out during the 20th anniversary of Chocolat. Can you believe it? <laughs> I I smoked pot and went and saw Chocolat in the theater with my friend Marlene, which was a very weird, unfortunate thing to do because we didn't have chocolate with us. It was a huge mistake. You don't You don't smoke pot and then sit there for two hours watching people like Stir the melted chocolate and lick the chocolate off the spoon. <laughs> we are like, why didn't we bring chocolate with us? But we loved it. Everybody loved it. Um, I happen to really enjoy the book as well and all the sequ- sequels. So the 20th anniversary of that is coming this April along with The Strawberry Thief. And I think that's very cool. And she included, she's been including little excerpts, little peeks of The Strawberry Thief. And so I thought I would just read that to you. I should probably get a drink of water because I've been talking for a long time. Hold on. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Let me say, too, before I do this, the Harry Potter Life Lessons Book Club is totally happening and going strong on Twitter I just stopped posting it on Facebook because Facebook sucks for stuff like that. It just does. I'm sorry. I know most of you are on Facebook. I was trying to post. It was so funny. The very first uh, we meet on Thursday mornings and then we discuss whatever the assigned chapters were live. It's a live chat in text. And the very first Thursday, I was, like, super prepared. I had two laptops, like, one for Facebook and one for Twitter. And I was ready to just be like, okay, I'm going to balance both of these. And then Facebook was like crickets. Like, nobody was there to talk with me because Facebook, they're very controlling about their algorithms. I think there's more than 4,000 people subscribe to me on Facebook, and it'll show my post to, like, 20 people in the first hour and then like over the course of several days like 240 people have seen your posts it's like thanks Facebook and then they'll give me a message why don't you ask the people who liked this post to follow your page I'm like they're already following my page this is craziness so I gave up on that people did find the post later but the chat was already over at that point which kind of defeated the purpose so I just Stuck to Twitter because Twitter is live action, man. You can have these. This is why I love it. You can have conversations there with people in real time. And uh, so if you're looking for that and wondering where it is, 8 a.m. this Thursday, we're doing it a little bit early this week. We will be there talking about the life lessons that we've learned from Harry Potter. And it's super nerdy, but also very fun because... Potterheads are awesome. <laughs> so having said that, The Strawberry Thief. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to read this little excerpt. It's, it's, if you're a fan of the series, you'll totally appreciate this. But also, if you're not, maybe it'll tempt you to pick up the first book. Here we go. Narcisse's shop is empty today. The window all covered with newspaper. Maman says that's because ghosts can be trapped in reflections. That must be true because when someone dies, they cover the mirrors with blankets. They sometimes stop the clocks, too, so that the dead can get into heaven before the devil knows the time. Reynal said that isn't true. He says it's only a story. And Narcisse didn't believe in heaven or hell or the devil or anything. Does that mean he's nowhere now? Or is he trapped behind the glass of the flower shop window? And so today, when Maman was checking shop for the evening, I went across the square to see. I stood very close to the window and looked through the gaps in the paper, but I didn't see Narcisse. Instead, I thought I saw someone else reflected in the window. I didn't see her very well, but still, I thought I knew her. Long hair, red dress... Racing car, red high-heel shoes. I stepped away from the window. My heart was racing, bada-bam! You're not supposed to be here, I said, using my shadow voice, the one that always tells the truth. You were supposed to be gone for good. And maybe it was an accident, because when I looked again, she was gone. And there was nothing behind the glass but dust and dead flowers and wrapping paper. But I couldn't help thinking that maybe it was Zosie Delalba standing there behind the glass. Zosie, or whatever she calls herself now that she's somebody else, standing there in her lollipop shoes among the ghosts of Narcisse's shop. And what's more, I couldn't help thinking that maybe, somehow, she knew I was there, and that behind her curtain of hair, Zosie Delalba was smiling. Yay! That's it. That's our friendly chat here today. <laughs> there will be a podcast up tomorrow, but it's just for Patreon. It's a brand new podcast that I am doing, an exclusive podcast called The Witchy Writer's Journey Podcast. It's going to be a monthly podcast over there, and I'm very excited about it. So I won't be back here until next Tuesday when we start talking all things tarot. and don't forget to follow the link here if you want to pick up the autumn transition module use autumn dreams use that as your code at checkout and you will get $30 off Woohoo! okay I hope all is well in your world have an amazing week happy moon day much love to you peace